90 Day Fiance, Season 9, Episode 19, Reunion Part 2. Jabri kind of ruined it. He really tried. He had a plan to take over, and he broke down everything he was going to say about each individual couple. And not even just once or quickly, it was constant interjection. In every single segment about someone else, he had something to say. Part of me is thinking, some folks on the show, I feel like are a little bit too over the top, and that could be just their personality. Sometimes we talk about this new age of, of content creators, social media. You wonder if folks are really trying to get a show their own show, their own spinoff, like a la Family Chantel, maybe get on a follow-up season. I really felt like that is what Jabri was trying to portray, or he legitimately just likes to talk shit about people in person. I think that's fair to say. I can definitely see wanting more airtime to be the end goal. Oddly enough, my favorite part might have been Jabri versus John. Their back and forth were fucking incredible. But I still thought it was bullshit that Jabri got to run the show. So when he said, no, I'm not going on if John's out. Okay, we're going to cater to that. Versus, I feel like every single viewer would much rather see John. It's interesting. John pretty much left us with, you know, don't dish it out if you can't take it. And then when we got to Jabri's portion with uh, David, David wasn't even giving it to him. They were actually just having a conversation. And he's like, ah, I'm fucking tired of this dude. And he, walk, he walks off the stage it's like, you, you can't give out all of this and not expect to receive something. That alone felt very staged. A little the bit. The hug, the walkout. He talks about always bringing up Miona and supporting her, and then he just leaves her on stage. Okay. I was surprised in some cases where they were making a strong point, for example, Ari getting wine thrown on her, but the sisters never came on. Like In, no. in some cases, like their, their others, their family didn't join them. Okay, but low-key, one of my favorite parts is that Jibri's parents refused to participate. Okay, do you think they didn't show up because they were over the show, the cameras, or because of their son? Both. I think it's a combination between having their private life put out there, which maybe isn't great when you are in practice. You're over your intense son. I think it's just everything at once. They decided we're washing our hands of this. And I think a lot of the time throughout the season... People had a lot of shit to say about Jabri's parents and how they acted. And I think now that we see Jabri in real time, we give the parents a little bit more grace. We maybe still don't love the way things happened, but uh, we definitely can understand it more. I think we gave the parents some crap about not showing up to the wedding. And you were saying like, this is your only kid's wedding. Like you have to go. I stand by that. I can see kind of creating space after though, but you need to go for the wedding. Honestly, I, I feel like it was just a punishment of mm-hmm. you don't plan shit like adult in adult world. You got to take time off, plan this stuff. You can't just willy nilly go to a wedding when nothing's planned. It was almost really like a lesson. You know, I'm teaching my kid a lesson in this moment in time by not attending. How do you feel about Thais saying that she doesn't like that Patrick goes to John for advice or to talk about things in their relationship? I wasn't a fan, and I think Patrick answered it really well. I mean, he said, like, this is my brother. Basically, like, I trust his word. I get feedback from him. I I bounce ideas off his head. How do you approach something like that when someone doesn't like you talking to your sibling about, you know, your life, your what you're going through? 
I'm not saying it's right, but I would bring up the fact that I don't put a wedge between you and your dad just because he doesn't like me. I encourage you to talk to him and I will grow that relationship as well. So I no, I think it's bullshit. It doesn't bode well for their long-term success as a family unit. We don't know if John moved to Vegas with them. I don't think that was mentioned. I assume yes, because they didn't refute it. They right, said they that also, he's still in their relationship. I mean, this is your future kid's uncle. He seems yeah. like a really cool family guy. Like, he'd love his a niece or nephew. Very fun uncle. Very, like, very fun. Like, kid gets older. Hey, we're going on a date night. Uncle John's going to take you to the arcade. Like, <laughs> I would want that person in my kid's life. So you, you don't want to be shunning people away where it could really help you and, and, your, and your family in the future. And honestly, John, John's been growing on me. Like, John might have his own thing. I feel like everyone's got their own shit. And maybe we don't, maybe John drinks a little bit too much. We don't even know. What if he was just partying like all of us do? I'm not going to judge the guy, but he's grown on me. True. I felt like the only way that he was pretty shitty to Thais was when she first arrived and it was like the steak incident. He was probably a little too lit. But he even mentions like over time, I saw them, I saw their love build and like she grew on me. Like, yeah. I, I'm. I'm going to like her. So after the break, John does not come back because Jabri gets what he wants. Jabri is still talking shit. Even though John isn't even there. Even though Jabri wanted John out of there and we didn't like that, it was probably a good thing because there's no fucking way John is going to back down. Perfect. I would love to see that over 30 minutes of just listening to Jabri's opinion. I honestly was surprised that more folks on the panel didn't speak up for other individuals. Like, hey, bro, you need to cool it. Like, we're trying to get a fucking conversation going. Can you, like, calm the fuck down? Exactly. I wish someone would talk shit to him, put him in his place, but... Like Ari did when she was attacked. But but as far as folks interjecting when somebody was essentially getting pounced on, yeah. the only one that I remember doing it was Shida. When Emily said, did it a little when bit. When she said, get out of the relationship. Like, you know, your mouth doesn't need to be in the relationship. But one point that he specifically crossed was calling John trailer trash. I hated that Patrick did not defend his brother because John would have defended him in a heartbeat. My man didn't even move. He didn't even Not watch. at all. Didn't respond at all. Also, by association, you're calling Patrick trailer trash. How could you let your brother just get shit on like that after he was fully defending himself, and in a way, you. Patrick's main problem does tend to be really anti-confrontational, even if that in itself causes more issues. But you have no relation to Jabri. It's not like you're stuck in the middle between your wife and your brother. Jabri's nothing to you. He needed to stand up for his brother. I don't know. I think we saw that with a couple of, of male figures on the show. They tend to be a little bit more quiet, more internalized things. We don't really speak up very much. Okay, I'm going to stop saying Jabri said, Jabri said this, that, but this is one thing that I really wanted to bring up. Jabri talks about how he removes toxic people from his life. You can email him. He benches you. All this hard talk, you know, when other people aren't out on the stage that are going to put him in his place. But isn't that exactly what his parents did to him? Yeah, they legit benched him. I mean, they didn't go to your wedding. Like, you were an afterthought. No reflection on this man. Drives me crazy. Okay, I'll give Patrick like a tiny bit of credit. He did say, well, you can't even punk your mom. It's the same thing. I didn't have a dad. This is my big brother. But he should talk more shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
I understood what Ari was trying to do a couple of times this episode in saying, well, what do you mean? You were just bullying me. You said we weren't going to make it. Or sticking up for Benny, which I loved, I have to say. But none of that will get to Jabri. None of it will soak in. It's going to be really funny. Well, it's not funny karma, but to outwardly judge if someone's relationship going is going to work, the, the level of disrespect just within that, I mean, you could have your opinions and that's all well and good, but to just throw it in their face right in front of them, that's a savage move. And we don't know if your relationship's going to work out in the long term. A lot of these folks have been in a relationship longer than you have with, with your partner. I was just going to say, I would be so embarrassed if I was Miona. And this would be such a turnoff. I'd be so unattractive to this. Emily and Kobe welcomed their second child, a little girl named Scarlett. It was very sweet because she started to cry. She told their story and how the kiddos are doing. And she freeze dried her placenta, which I've heard of before. And I know people that have made soup out of their placenta. But here's the thing. If it's in pill form, I wonder how many pills you can make. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, how much of it is the other stuff? Because you, you've told me before that like some people eat it, they make it mm-hmm. a soup, whatever, they cook it. But I'm like, that's like one meal. But if you make it in pill form, like I don't know how many pills you can get out of that. But that's pretty. Also, you got to cool. think of dosage. Like yeah. where there's a lot that goes into a pill, and so I'm curious what's, of like where are the benefits at what doses for how long? What's many the, questions? What's the research on this? Apparently there's none. There's just nothing beneficial. But I mean, you know, I believe in, I mean, non-traditional medicine. I I need to, I should have done it before, but I need to do some research on this. I even say if something's a placebo, I don't even care. Like as long as it's working in my head, I don't even care. It's fine. I'll placebo affect myself. If I feel better, I'm taking it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They are still at home. They are still at home. That's a question we had. Their sex life is impacted having two children. They kind of disagree on how long has it been since they've had sex. You know what's interesting? Emily, in the first portion when they talked about sex, she says, oh, we're having, like, my man's taken care of. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're fucking all the time. But then when they get to the... She told the the truth the second time. When it gets to them specifically, well, Kobe was like, let's be honest, we haven't had sex in a month. And everyone's like, oh my God, a month. Wow. Mom and dad are getting it though, but we'll go back to that later. Shida comes out guns blazing, rude as fuck, though hilarious. I think you need to talk to Bilal. He knows how to not get a woman pregnant. That's a savage move. Savage. But honestly, truth? Accurate. So you're still sticking with your theory. Oh, absolutely. And this next comment by him, I'm not saying proves it, but it adds the fuel to that flame in my opinion. Bilal then says that he has super sperm, so he knows what he means, talking to Kobe. Yeah, he probably did before the vasectomy. So if, if you were to guess, do you see a child in their future? You know, you're, you're looking at the energies, you're feeling it out. I picture a child in her future and Bilal is not the father. When he was asked by Shida, do you want kids? Like, he answered like, yeah, I guess. And she's like, no, this isn't like an I guess thing. That was huge for me. They also had really different stories about who convinced who and ended with Bilal's classic. All right, you're right. I I don't think he wants any more kids. No, it's very clear he does not. He must be playing the long game of I'm somehow going to tire her out from this like kind of lifelong bucket list item. I need to know what mom thinks after watching all of this. I need her to tell her daughter to come home. Oh, Shida's mom. Yes. Mm. Some reason I, I just imagine Bilal's mom does not watch the show. 
Even if she does, I mean, she has no problem with this behavior. But I feel like mom's kind of, you know, just like, oh, they, they see their kid acting a fool and they're just like, oh, you know, it's my kid, whatever. They put it in the back of their mind. But then when you watch it on video, you're like, that wasn't so good. But she's the one that said, lead from the back, you're the neck, he's the head. I mean, Shida came to her with these problems and she kind of just encouraged it. So I don't see a lot coming from her. Now, her mom, though, Shida's mother, told her to come home when she saw the dilapidated house. If she hasn't seen the rest of everything that's happened, I want to know what she would think. Emily got a lot of shit over the season about her decision to spend the night with Kobe before letting Kobe and Coben meet each other. She kind of justifies it or tries to by saying it was her one night, which we know is not true, but I fully agree with how Kobe took it, saying, I wish she just told me before so I could mentally prepare. Kara and Ari both said, okay, after hearing you explain it, it kind of makes more sense. Honestly, even after she explained it, I'm like, nah, I, I still think you're in the wrong. Like, how are you going to stop this man from seeing his child who he hasn't seen in two years? And you mentioned it before. They went on, mul- oh, mind you, it might be for the show and to get some scenes, but they went on multiple date nights. Mm-hmm. You can't get a hotel room for one night. I mean, you don't even have to stay in the room. I was just, just going to say. You just go in there, do your thing, and you can just leave. Yeah. The way she worded it of like, oh, this is like our only chance essentially yeah. to be alone or be together in this way. I don't know. I'm just not for it. We move on to Yves Mohammed in a flashback of the squad meeting. I refuse to call them by their names. So uh, one of the squad members came out for no reason. This added nothing to the tell-all. We got a reconciliation thing. Ish, sure. Yeah. She was just brought on the show to make Mohammed mad. I did appreciate her tack mode, her mm. uh, because not not because I like when people are in that mode, but just like she wasn't backing down for fucking nobody. So much so that Jabri kept his fucking ass real quiet the entire time she was up there. See, Jabri doesn't even talk shit when it's helpful. Yeah. We could have had fun with this scene, that, but no. It would have been interesting. I mean, yeah. like, Miona, what would you think if these ladies asked Jabri these questions in front of you? Yeah. Hmm. Not okay. Hmm. You know what drove me crazy? Eve never stuck up for Mohammed at the incident during that time. Well, the whole time she's, you're sort of laughing off these questions like, ha, ha, ha. But also during the repercussions of that throughout the season and then even now at the tell-all. She tells, you need to calm down. You need to chill. But lets her friend say whatever she wants, act however she wants. There's never a time when she tells them to back off. I mean, even in that sit-down, way back when when we talked about this initially, I recall us mentioning, like, these questions aren't okay. Like, we don't talk about these questions when you're meeting somebody. You don't ask someone if exposed boobs are making them uncomfortable. I mean, you're doing this because he's Muslim. He's from a conservative country. You're kind of going for him. They're egging it on. Also, what does porn have to do with Tantra? It wasn't her whole spiel of, oh, people think it's just sex, but it's so much more than that. You're the one bringing up porn. Mohammed mm-hmm. says, like, did you learn anything about me when you knew I was good, good in, the, in bed? Now, everyone started laughed it off, and we get what he was fucking trying to say. Like, what are you learning from me as my character or my ability to take care of your friend by asking me if I watch porn and if breasts make me uncomfortable? I don't know. It, it really just bugged me. Like, folks just couldn't, like, stick their head out of their ass and just understand what he was really trying to imply. 
Now what we know of Mohammed, not great. I can't believe I even stuck up for him in this segment because he baited the shit out of Eve. Yeah, that recording was something. Yeah. It was intense. We'll talk about it at the end when we go over the text messages, but he's such a piece of shit. (laughs) He's awful. Do you remember in the previous commercial break, Bilal went up to Jabri and told him to not let people get to him. Chill out, let people say what they want. He's trying to save Jabri from looking like a complete asshole. And then we come back from the break and he says, you're not going to make it and you're not going to make it. Pointing to Aryan Bini and Bilal and Shida. That scene of Bilal consoling Jabri reminds me of... So after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, during the break, there's video of Denzel basically consoling Will Smith of Mm -hmm. like... And I think Will even quoted like, when you're at your highest moment, the devil comes out to get mm-hmm. you. It's something like that. It was a pretty powerful message. Honestly, when I saw him consoling him, I was like, whoa, I'm getting some weird flashbacks to that moment. But there was a thing of like, dude, you got to read the room. Like, you're this interracial man. You're part black. Like, you're being really vulturous. You're like making yourself like a jackass. Like, bro, you represent like a bigger community. Like, you need to stop making yourself look like a jackass on this set. But mind you, he didn't say that, but... For Jabri to essentially stab him in the back immediately. Oh, right. And then just talk shit about his relationship. I'm like, bro, you just don't. You're not in the moment. You're not there. You're like, you were going to say that from the moment you walked in. And this man just consoled you and had your back. You're like, well, I still got to get my point across. Your relationship's not going to make it. Like, dude, I'm here to have your back. And you just backstab me. I don't feel like he knows how to be real. He doesn't know who Jabri is. Like Jabri he, is something the- that's. He's always Made. a character. He's always yes. he's always in in character. He has to keep this momentum going. And so one of his points was Bilal and Shida, and it had to be said regardless. I want to root for everyone. I want everything to work, but I don't know, just little things that like you, you told me about Miona's makeup line and she's upselling just fucking six dollar Alibaba, make- yeah. Fucking six dollar makeup brush for like forty five bucks. And I'm like, is that just the world we live in? This is how you make money. You just get over on other people. I mean, is that the story of the world since forever? I mean, pretty much you're getting over on someone. Everyone's getting over on someone. Yeah. But it's the way that certain people do it that drives me crazy. And that's more the Yaras, the Mionas. Like, I, I want you to produce something that's you and, like, be successful at that. We find out that Benny has been spending time in Las Vegas to further his MMA career. While I don't agree with it fully, I mean, he has a family he needs to take care of and help Ari and not depend on the parents so much, but sounds like they're continuing down this path. Ari says that she likes being married, but doing her own thing at the same time. And that was a massive red flag for me. I mean, your last marriage kind of seemed like you were married, but doing your own thing. And that was a problem. So... Define marriage however the hell you and your partner wants to. No one's business. But the fact that one marriage already failed because you were kind of off doing your own thing isn't the greatest. I wonder where's the hesitation about moving to Vegas? Okay. Honestly, I think it's just not having her family support. They're supporting her in Ethiopia in a different country. They're not. I don't see them supporting her in just another state she moves to. That's why she has to live in Princeton. I mean, they were supporting her in the same state. Yeah, in Princeton, where they are there, they 
can pay her bills, they can see what she's doing, kind of keep tabs on her. But if she just moves to Vegas, they're just sending a check. And they don't get to see Avi. Okay, I'm guessing, again, I'm not, I'm not in the fight game, I'm not in the fight, fight world, but Benny moved to Vegas. He's got to get an apartment, rent a room, whatever he's doing. Got to get food. He's got to train, gym costs, trainer costs. That all seems really expensive. And I don't think you start making big fighting bucks unless you're, I mean, come on, you're going on like on TV, you're doing these big fights. Like that's where you're making your money. Do you think Ari's parents are still supporting Benny in Vegas? Hell yeah. How else would he be doing it? I mean. But then there goes to why wouldn't she just move? I think that when the parents can see what their money is going to and they see their grandchild and they know this is the apartment that they live in and this is where our money is going. It's much easier for them to support versus just another city where you're just sending money every month. Why weren't her parents on? What's their feedback yes. on this whole situation? Benny going to Vegas. They're living apart. Her going back to Ethiopia without him. I mean, just. I would have loved that. What are your thoughts on all this? Are you still supporting them? I mean, we got Emily and Kobe. I mean, essentially answer the question of like, yeah, we, we pay this and that. But yeah, they're supporting us. Why don't we get that with Ari when we know they're supporting her? I would love that. Again, the only reason we talk so much shit about Emily and Kobe and Ari and Benny, as far as, you know, their parents supporting them, is because we're just jealous. I'm super jealous. <laughs> That's the only reason. You do you. We find out that Ari was in Ethiopia for three months helping in camps for those displaced during the war. That's wonderful and obviously very needed, but... I just feel like she needs to... What is she running from? Okay, every time I wa- we watch these shows, I always do this thing where I like talk over the TV with what I think they really want to say or what they should be saying to tell the reality of the story. So when I heard this line from her, my immediate thought was, I went to Ethiopia so the family could see Avi. But Yeah, she, I mean, that was she, part of it. Yeah, and, and hey, volunteer, do your thing. But I feel like Ari needs to kind of like... And I don't know, maybe the parents are like, we're not just going to like keep supporting you. you go to, like, she's like, oh, I'm going to like help people and do these things and help the community. That's probably a bad take because I talk a lot of shit while I'm watching the show. Ari blocked Benny while she was gone. Three months is a long time. She says she wanted to, what was it? Kind of give up some control, not check his WhatsApp all the time, see if he's available. Just kind of cut him out of her life a little bit. Not be so attached to him is how I took that. I took it as Ari probably mass checks her phone as soon as she sends a message to see if you've read it and are waiting to re- she's waiting to receive the reply. Yes. I think in her mind, block get now has cut her off from that. So she's like, okay, I don't have to like always be on my phone, always check it. Like just do your thing and I'm going to do my thing. Sure. But you have a kid together and you're married and. How does he communicate with his kid if he's blocked too? That's he something. doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's sad. It's not fair. Ari says that Benny gives her the benefit of the doubt, thinking that the phone's not working, there's connection issues, as to where Ari does not give him the benefit of the doubt. Jabri and Miona are going to be creative nomads. Oh, they also made it seem like where they're currently living is temporary. Like, she's like, currently we're living here. Again, what are you running from? One. Two. No, she does not live in Palm Springs. She did say Palm Springs area, but with the hesitation she had around that made me really question how far out of Palm Springs is she. It made me think of how committed are you to Palm Springs? Oh, not at all. No, their whole thing is traveling and they're not settling down anywhere. 
I'm I'm honestly I'm fascinated by them. I need to know like how they make their money. I mean, it's how are you doing all of this traveling? I mean, th- maybe my mindset's like o- probably old school, like have a job, or, like have some roots, and like then you can travel, right? Save your money. But some folks are like, no, I'm like super like low budget, and I can move around and get jobs. But they're not low budget. They have to buy two of every outfit. They want designer stuff. They're traveling everywhere. I don't know. Jabri said he essentially maxed out his credit cards traveling with her. So I assume it's a similar situation. Apologize. I know we're mentioning Jabri a lot, but honestly, he came up a lot on the show. David joins the stage. And this is where I mentioned before it did feel, I don't want to say it's fake because, you know, we all take everything with a grain of salt. That kind of ruins the magic of the show. We know what we're watching. But nothing, I feel like, came from this. It felt like a word salad on both ends and then ended with a hug. Like, nothing came, there was no solution. They are at a friendship where they're always in this mode, but they're always great friends. Like, they'll always have each other's back, but they're always sort of, something is always, like, if it wasn't Miona, they're always, it'll bite about the band. Like, something's going to be going on in their relationship. Fully agree. I mean, they had that ceremony, they're brothers. Does that mean anything to Jabri? I don't know. Miona doesn't feel responsible for breaking up the band, and she's correct. It would just be another Miona. But of all the shit that Jabri's been talking, why didn't she encourage him to stay in the band? Why didn't she encourage him to fix these relationships? Why didn't she lift him up? Why wasn't any of this asked? Jabri's talking about, like, strong, beautiful woman, like, you know, go to your, do your goals. I'm like, why do you also not get that back? That's what I'm saying. Ari, come on, talking points here. (laughs) I'm on your team. Well, he doubled down because he said, you're not going to work because he's a star and you're dimming his star. It sounds like Miona's dimming your star. That band was your everything. Yeah, and now look, you have no one. Man, we say it all the time. I say all the time, like that self-reflection, man, you just got to have it. And a lot of people don't. Emily's parents join, thankfully. Yeah, they're awesome. I like them. Dad is not getting rent from his children, and I assume he means Kobe is one of his children. But greater than that, I want to know why the sister doesn't pay rent. I feel like, is there, there's probably a healthy age a little bit after you turn 18. Well, maybe if you're going to college, not so much. But, you know, if your kid's with you at like 24-ish, you're like, hey, man, um, you kind of got to help me with rent a little. I was making dinners when I was in high school. Buying, I mean, gro- buying groceries? Yes. I just feel like Emily's parents really held their hand and they're dealing with the repercussions of both of those kids not really having a ton of responsibility while they were growing up. This is sort of a side effect of that. Yeah, just being really comfortable, which I mean, that's a great thing to be that comfortable. Well, sidebar, would you have them pay rent? No, but that's why Emily and Kobe don't pay rent because they need to save up to get out. They know if they charge them rent, it's just going to prolong them being there and they want to get them on their way. And I'm not, okay, we had help from your parents. Yes. By help, I mean. When you got out of the military, we, we lived at my parents' house so we could save up for a house. But I think that's the parents' issue is they need to have a plan. They need to, like, get going. Like, we told them, like, yo, we're saving up money for a house. Like, this is how much we're planning on saving up. Well, I don't know if we told them how much, but, like, we said, like, 10% down. Right? Yeah. We want to do 10% down. And we knew what the market would be, so it kind of tells you what 10% down is going to be. And we were... I think we were there for just over a year. Yes. And we paid things and we did dinners and we took them out and we had date nights with them. Oh, (laughs) if we're going to the movies, we're buying everything. Yeah. 
We're bringing you with. If we're getting dinner to go, we're buying them food. Truly forcing them on date nights with us. Yeah. (laughs) Breastfeeding gets brought up because we're just going to bring up all the hot topics. God, this is such a brutal topic. There's probably people all over. Exactly. And I mean, it is such an individual thing. It doesn't matter. It literally affects no one except you and your child. So whatever you want to do, that is fine. And there's so many variables. Like some some women can produce, some can't. Someone to feed their child as old as humanly possible until whatever. (laughs) Oh my God, that makes it sound like until he's 40. Well, like (laughs) seven, right? Like the kid's almost taller than you. You know what I'm saying? And some are like, no, like as soon as I can get him off my boob, like... There's way too many variables and I don't want to knock anyone for any way they choose. Kobe talks about having to share Emily's breasts. He cracks up and says Coben did not need them to survive. Mohammed brings up a good point. Neither do you, Kobe. But Mohammed said it in his like funny little voice. Like, <laughs> you don't need them either. <laughs> That's why was it was like, so uh-huh. good. Yeah. I want this little voice just punking people. So me and you both agree, Jabri was not punking Benny's English, but more the breast conversation being uncomfortable. It was that comedic scene where it's like, it's so funny. Someone can't get the, the words out. Doesn't matter what language. Like, I believe that is what he was mocking. I agree as well. And trust me, I want to throw Jabri under the bus. So, you know, I would fully give him mad shit if I really thought he was making fun of his English, but I don't even, oh, if he did though. That's low even for him. But here, Ari comes to his defense. I loved it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you can tell Ari and Benny are not doing well, but it was nice that she stuck up for him. I'm still upset he never sticks up for her. I mean, do you think Benny's quietness is partly, well, there's partly like an English, the language barrier there, but do you think part of it is like he's semi-checked out? Yeah, fully. I mean, I swear even on other tell-alls in the past, he was more present. I think he's checked out. Benny says he doesn't want to kind of be direct with his sisters or kind of put them in their place. He doesn't want to make things worse. But it's in a very similar vein to Patrick. By not doing anything, you're then creating a whole other issue. I think there's a level of respect he wants to give his sisters because they raised him, they took care of him. So it was very much so a parental role. But man, the wine, that's a... It's a hard line they crossed. He really needed to, way before that wine was thrown, uh, like everyone mentioned, like, this is my wife. Like, you have to respect her. It could have been as simple as that. Like, just respect my wife. He easily could have respectfully told them that. At the end of the tell, all Jabri and Miona are picking through the snacks. I love it. It's just like a young couple. I can't even hate because every time I give fucking platelets... I'm literally rummaging through the snacks. Yeah, that's true. I'm taking my sweet fucking time. I mean, I do take a lot of the good stuff at hotels. They're like, oh, um, Leon, you know the the oranges are in the fridge. I'm like, oh, I know. (laughs) I'm here for the Oreos. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Emily came off really well during both episodes. And I hate to admit it. I didn't hate anything that she said or did. She was very low key. I was specifically impressed that after the tell-all, she went up to Bilal and Shida and apologized for not sticking up for them. She knew that she should have said something, and she didn't. God, I feel like I just wish more people spoke up. I know. I wish anyone did. Emily did get a good cut. No one really went in on... No one actually on the set really went in on her Okay. No one in on her. Why the fuck did we not talk about Miona's uh, tan? 
there's just so many things that people were not going to touch and they needed to. Are those topics too big? Hmm. I wonder, God, it'd be great to be like a fly on the wall. Like when these conversations of like, Sean, what are the questions going to be? What topics are we going to let like, this, you know, back and forth meeting room? Does that come up? Or are we going to talk about? Oh, I'm sure it comes up. And someone's like, hell no, we are not touching that. Show me the clip of Kobe telling Emily to shut the fuck up. Where was that? That's an amazing clip of the season. One of the highlights. Ooh, getting everyone's feedback on yes. that. Oh, incredible. But then I'd be like, no, you need to watch. Everyone would be so harsh on Kobe, but I would be like, no, you need to see it all. Like, it's understandable. Like, it makes sense. And Kobe says, we were all like, cheering it on. Kobe's like, that was like two years ago. <laughs> Depressing to see Shida after the tell-all. She is trying to make Bilal feel better. He is, I don't know if he's having a moment of self-reflection. He's incredibly quiet. I don't know if he's never realized what an asshole he is or if he's just pissed about it. She tries to come to his defense. She says he's an amazing person, begins to cry. Bilal shows absolutely no emotion. I'm curious if Bilal's family and friends around him, he's always been a certain way and they've always uplifted him. They've never spoken bad about him or anything like that. Now to see a group of people essentially agreeing to like, yeah, this is the way you look on screen. Maybe that was a moment for him of like, wow, do I really, am I really this great guy? I think I am. There's a tiny bit of hope that yes, that's what's happening. He's reflecting. He's trying to figure out his life. He's going to move on from this. But man, it's, I think he's majority of him is just pissed. He doesn't want to show that side. Yeah. But, a lot, a lot of folks that get quiet just like he did. I'm surprised they even talk about this, but at the very end of the tell-all, we see Eve getting almost interviewed over video. She talks about the text messages she found on Mohammed's phone, and Mohammed is tearing up and essentially saying he's going to make it right, that Eve does not deserve this. So he was basically catfished? Yeah, essentially. So my theory is that this woman was never interested in him. She was just doing it to fuck with him, and he got caught. And she put his ass on blast. Fast forward to now, Eve was booked for, I believe, domestic disturbance and one other item. I can't remember what, but she was booked. There's a recording that leaked. She is screaming at Mohammed that she needs help, that she can't do it all on her own, that he needs to do something, all this stuff. But he's totally baiting her. Of course, the person recording is calm collected, yeah. not going to raise their voice back, not going to be a they, jerk. They have the upper hand. They know what they're doing. Exactly. And but, so that's the situation. Okay. Eve looked or sounded to me like somebody who is very stressed, has a lot going on, and has a partner who's not helping just the way she was responding, not helping as much as he should. Well, then Mohammed says, oh, but I do this and I help with your kid. And then she like mentions just a bunch of other shit. Yeah. Like, fucking do this, do that, like help me. And I was like, okay, this sounds like somebody who has asked you to help like a thousand fucking times and you just have not done that. Exactly. And, they're, they're losing it. and I try to remember that because, so I can't imagine how much has happened before this. And of course he's only going to show this. He's not going to show the 40 other times of, hey, can you please do this? Hey, can you do this? He's or also, any shit response back. Of course we're not seeing that. He's also not going to record himself screaming. Of course. So, so I, recording he's, is, is bad. It's a bad look, but we, we don't have the whole side. But I give her so much grace considering the situation. Not a great look. It was very loud. <laughs> but 
But again, it, there's it, just so much missing from this and so much I can see happening that but in one part it kind of did sound like she put her hands on him. Yeah, and see that's the line. I mean, you shouldn't yell anyway, but I'm just saying that does cross like a for any human just yeah. Everyone don't touch anyone. Just yeah. never touch someone. Is <laughs> the rule of life. But I'm very happy the season is over. I thought it ended up being a lot better than it was going to be. I didn't like it at first, but I got into it. I was down with it. I don't think I'm going to be that way with HEA. No, I, I mean, I hope, I wish everyone the best. I hope everything works out. I hope even Muhammad's thing, even though it looks like a bad look right now, I, I hope it kind of works out for them some way, somehow. But yeah, good season. Goal always is to just have everyone be happy and live their life, even if that means not with the person they were on the show with. Reminder, we are not covering Happily Ever After. We have decided to cover Sister Wives because it is our guilty pleasure. It is so much fun for us to watch. It goes by so fast. And I want to deep dive these episodes with you guys. We have seen every single episode. We are here for the long haul. Yeah, I can't wait. But this is what this was my compromise. If you guys do want us to cover HEA is I'm willing once Sister Wives starts to then cover the couples that we're okay with covering and just briefly kind of breaking down what happened. And of course, we've seen all these couples before, so we know their backstories. But for now, until September 11th, it will just be Married at First Sight episodes because we are doing a little bit of traveling. And so I do not want to promise you things and then not get them to you. So stay tuned. We'll be keeping Married at First Sight going. Sister Wives will start up on September 11th. And then after that point, if you guys would like us to cover anything on Happily Ever After, I'm fine with that. So we'll figure it out. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Have some fun. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.